1: I'm comfortable talking to Mark Alford. He don't make me feel like I
2: gotta kneel at a dark altar. His colleagues are cool, things are jolly and smooth. Anything else, it'll be part stupid and part awkward. Do your homework before you talk to a vet. That way so you can So Damon Cox
1: for the uh, Center for Conflict Resolution and Greg Winship, Restoration Justice Strategist. Welcome to the Getting Comfortable with Mark Alfer. Appreciate you being here. Thanks a Thank lot you. For How'd you like the Tech 9 open there? You know tech, don't you? Yeah, me yeah. and him go way back. Yeah, good guy. Okay. Real good, dude. All right, let's break out in this because this is a serious topic. We've had more than 100 murders here in Kansas City again this year. We still have several months to go. What, in your mind, is going on in our culture and our society, Damon, that's leading to these murders?
2: Well, we firmly believe that the one of the main causes of a lot of the violent crimes in the city really comes from uh, lack of conflict resolution skills. So... If these skills are put in people's toolbox, then we believe that the people who are hurt will no longer really want to hurt people because we believe that hurt people hurt people. So... If they had these conflict resolution tools that our center really provides and, and teaches, then we believe there would be a drastic decline in the in the murder rate and the violent crime. You're still going
1: to have your gang retaliation still and things that. like that, yes, sir. robberies. But you're talking about where people are getting in a fight. And Back in the day when we used to settle a fight with Fist, mm-hmm. they're settling it with guns
0: now. Absolutely. For more than 20 years, the number one known motive for murder in Kansas City, according to the police department, has been arguments, not gang-related, drug-related, any other related uh, deaths. And so if people can learn to resolve arguments without picking up a gun and shooting somebody, without stabbing somebody, without taking taking it to the violence to the streets, um, that's what we're concerned about. And we're trying to resolve that at the beginning of that, so when they can come together and talk about that, resolve that issue, and we're trying to provide a forum for them to be able to do that.
1: So much of it that you learn when you become an adult to do things like this and other things in life, you learn from your parents. You learn how to handle life situations and how to solve conflicts. If your parents fought and screamed, then you're probably going to fight and scream. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: How much of that plays into
0: what's going on today, do you think? I think a lot of it. Uh, We talk about uh, family of origin and how we learn those things from our family or from our peers that we hang around with, and if if that's the only way we know how to solve conflict, that's what we turn to. So you kind of have to retrain the brain.
1: So if you grew up in a dysfunctional family where that's how you resolve things, and Mm -hmm. maybe there's unfortunate violence in that as well, Mm -hmm. you're going to kind of mimic that behavior, repeat that behavior. So how do you guys step in to try to change that trajectory?
2: Well, we work in a lot of, we work in the Kansas City public school system. So we work with a lot of uh, elementary, junior high, high school kids. And we actually teach these tools that we're talking about now. So we'll go in and we'll teach how to reframe and how to rethink, you know. Um, but it's, it's difficult because if we only have the kids for six, seven hours, but they're going home to parents who have a, a, a cycle of this then it gets really difficult but if you can if you can catch the children at a young age, age? we well, like I said we work between uh, well I, I specifically work with uh, middle school so we're talking 12 to 15
1: but there's kindergartners out there who don't know how to is, uh, control their anger and resolve. Con- I mean you've got mm-hmm. conflict and even in kindergarten mm-hmm. fighting over toys and blocks and things like mm-hmm. that how do you reach people at a very early age any ideas
0: we we are in some of the grade schools also, so we're trying mm-hmm. programs to pilot them in in the younger schools, charter schools, and Kansas City Public Schools, mm-hmm. Hickman Mills, different area mm-hmm. area schools, um, starting as, as early as the grade school levels. We're concentrating on the, the middle schools. We're in both middle schools and Kansas City Public Schools um, to be able to concentrate on that effort because it seems to culminate with, with that age group right now. That's a, a target age group, mm-hmm. but we're also in some of the high schools, doing some real good work at Southeast and, and other mm-hmm. uh, high schools. That are continuing those those processes so that they get it from from the beginning to the end of school. Is
1: this a cultural, racial, or economic thing, or
2: does this go across
0: all sectors of our community? Yes, cultural,
2: economic, racial. You, there are, there are kids when I talk when I talk to them about uh, conflict resolution, and I'll ask a question or or I'll I'll make a statement that conflict is normal. But violence isn't. And they disagree because they equate equate, uh, conflict with violence based off of where they live. It's like I live in a violent neighborhood. And so that's all I know is violence. So I work with a lot of gang members as well. That's all they can associate with. They don't know another way. All they see is uh, all they see is a particular thing that's being presented to them. And if they don't have another option, then that's the only thing that they choose.
0: Um, One other thing, we we equate um, conflict and say that conflict comes from an unmet need. So if you start looking at unmet needs, socioeconomic, um, Mm -hmm. racial, Mm -hmm. uh, those types of needs, and say, how do we solve this need? How do we meet this need? But you're not going to solve everyone's needs. We're not going to solve all of those, but we There's can solve some of those. There's a certain personal responsibility to this. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, and we can provide some of the, say, socioeconomic mm-hmm. um, I- issues. Now, it may we put can more ad-
1: stress on you and your family. But there, I think your message, though,
0: the stress doesn't matter. It's It's how you handle it's, that stress. It's how right? you resolve, it, how mm-hmm. you choose to resolve that conflict. Mm-hmm. And there are choices we have in conflict and we can choose a violent path um, and that gets us one result, or we can choose to be able to talk, sit down and talk about it and that might get us a different result. What results working for you and what's not? Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so let's get down to the nitty gritty. How do you go in, what do you teach, the, let's say a seventh grade mm-hmm. class that you're mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. trying to reach these middle schoolers. How will you go in specifically and try to change
2: the mindsets and the hearts? we have workshops that we do and they it's normally six to 12 week workshops. So for example, yesterday at where was a uh, central middle? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the workshop was about conflict choices. It was about empathy. It was about uh, the position, interest and need as Greg was talking about. So a lot of, a lot of kids don't realize that there is more than one choice that you can choose in regards to a conflict. They don't what think that it's one. So we, we specialize them as force being a shark. We uh, will relate that to a shark. We'll go um, uh, accommodation being like a teddy bear. We'll say that um, a fox is like a... Um,
0: Compromised is is
2: compromised Mm -hmm. to meet in the middle because you're crafty, like exactly Exactly. figuring
0: it out, exactly figure out a way to let's make a deal. Well,
2: do
1: boys want to be identified more with a shark or a teddy bear?
2: Most well, it's it's crazy. Uh, they all mostly identify themselves as sharks because when you hear that, that's That's the the macho thing, but you have a turtle that's avoidance Mm -hmm. and um, that's me by the way, avoidance (laughs) that's that's what which uh,
1: isn't good either. Avoidance It's good short term uh, right. sometimes, it's, but not long term.
2: In 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 some situations, if the if the relationship with whoever you're into it with is not as important as your goal of avoiding the conflict, then avoidance is the way to go. Um what am I missing? Owl. Um owl. collaboration. collaborate the collaborative nature of the owl. And so we teach both sides of it. It's like, okay, well, these are the quote-unquote, positive aspects of it. And this is how, if you are an owl, owls want to break down the whole situation.
1: How can we work this out?
2: How can we work can this out? can a win-win? For both? Can but a win-win. being a tau, how can you get a, a true win-win? However, the owl-type conflict choice takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't and you have, have time... Have,
1: you have to have calmness and understanding. You have, exactly. you have to have people actually talking. Exactly. Which, does
0: that happen?
2: A lot, actually. And and, and more often with... Uh, with the kids than you would probably mm. think.
0: If we give them a, a setting, a place to be able to do that, uh-huh. we find that they want to do that most of the time. Most of the time when we get two kids that have have gotten words at each other and, and start to, to say that there's rhetoric saying that they want to fight, when we break that down and talk to them individually, mm-hmm. I don't really want to fight you. I just want to get through this. I, mm-hmm. I have to fight you because of the peer pressure, because of my image, because of that sort of thing. But if we create a space, a safe space, that they can come and meet together and talk this Where out. Is that? Uh, where, where do you create those? So we can create that at our office. We can create that at the Greg Kly Center where we're mm-hmm. working. We can create that in the schools. Um, we are trying to create safe spaces all around huh. the city to be able to say, hey, this is a safe space. Come down to Greg Kly Center. If you've got a problem, instead of taking it out of the streets, come down to some of our, our mediators down at the Greg Clyde Center, and let's deal with it there instead of dealing with it how we've normally done it on so the streets. So they come to this – Agreed
1: upon site, and it's Mm -hmm. almost like a truce zone.
0: Exactly. Kind of like Kim Jong un and President Trump, right there on the the dividing line between North and South. Yeah, the DMC. The DMC, yep. And you talk. Exactly. We give them an out. We give them a way to be able to resolve this without resorting to Is violence. there a mediator there to help? Definitely. That's exactly what Definitely. we are. We are all certified mediators.
2: So even within the schools, the schools will designate us an area because we may do one-on-ones because it's voluntary. If both parties don't agree to come, we're not just going to put two parties. Like I said, I work with gang members, so I'm not going to bring two gang members into a room and say, hey, y'all work this out. So they both have to have one-on-ones done with them before we bring them together, and they both have to do it voluntarily.
1: Sounds like marriage counseling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to get into that. but Some similarities. <laughs> Man, it, it does Well, have I mean, it's the same.
1: There's two different sides. and you Two want, sides coming together. You, two yeah, perspectives. And part of it is empathy because you that's one of your key mm-hmm. points here mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to try to put yourself. You know, sympathy is, well, I can – Partly identify with that person, but I haven't been through it. I'm, right. I mm-hmm. sympathize for the death in your family. Empathy is where you have been there, mm-hmm. and you actually feel that pain or that angst, that mm-hmm. anxiety in someone else.
2: Sympathy Definitely. is when you're trying to put a silver lining behind how they feel. You're trying to make them feel better, mm-hmm. while empathy is more putting yourself in their shoes
0: and just being there. But we're not really taught that in society. No, we're not. Just saw a program on on one of the news stations that was talking about mental health um, legislation, and Kansas uh, Missouri is one of the states that is considering that in the schools. Other states have required that, and part of that mental health um, curriculum involves social-emotional learning that involves um, seeing people's perspectives, seeing different mm-hmm. perspectives, seeing empathy, being able to um, um, see things from somebody else's point of view and being able to do something about it. Are that.
1: these mainly young men or women or is it equal? It's equal. Really?
0: It's,
2: it's I mean, they they come for two different reasons and it, it amazes them how I can identify because I, I did it yesterday. I identify with the young ladies as to what the main uh, reasons why I see so many young ladies getting into it with each other as well as young men. They was like, wow, yep. It really is it. So, is it that people,
1: no matter what age or what race or what gender you are, you just want to be heard without question? Yes. Most people don't because feel that like validates being heard. you as a person, and you feel value when that happens. Especially young
2: so. people. Yeah. Um, there was there was a young lady the other day that said that she knows that she's smart, but that her parents don't listen to her. Hmm at all because
0: she's a child we are currently working with a group of um they're labeled as high risk mm-hmm. people in mm-hmm. in the in the city and when high we fr- risk
1: as having a propensity to violence. have violence That's in their correct. family or yes. friendships yes mm-hmm. and their their
0: they watch list and, and those types of okay. things we're working with this group um when we first started um, we would pass a talking piece around, um, try to get uh, everyone to be able to say things. You'd do what? Uh, Explain talk. piece. So one of the processes that it's we like use a is a, pipe. No, one of the no, processes we use is called a circle process. The circle process. Circle mm-hmm. process. It sits everyone in a circle, obviously, uh-huh. where you can see everybody, where right. you're connected with everybody, where there's some empathy and and some com- compassion going on simply mm-hmm. because of how you're interacting, instead of sitting in rows and looking at the back right. of somebody's head. It's like an AA meeting. It's like an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that allows us to be able to interact better throughout that conversation, body language, body language, All of that. visual. Mm-hmm. So we, we use a talking piece, an object that has meaning to that group and pass that around. So whoever has that talking piece is the person that speaks. Like Everybody else listen.
1: Talking, piece
0: talking piece could be anything from a pin uh, to a ball, mm-hmm. to a stone, to a, uh, uh, some Whatever object. that is, you. Mm-hmm. is significant for that group. Um, we pass a ball around, just a, a Nerf ball type mm-hmm. thing. Um, so we can throw it back and forth sometimes and interact that way. Um, but w- what was interesting with this group was that when we first started, everybody was talking over everybody, even the talking piece. We mm-hmm. couldn't get them, them mm-hmm. used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be sidebar conversations going on everywhere. Um, the more we did that, um, the more that they started listening to each other, the less sidebar Mm. conversations they had because they felt like they were being heard because everybody was listening to them. Yeah, everybody Mm -hmm.
1: wants to be heard, but no one wants to listen. And so we say... Especially
0: when you have social media, you're out there,
1: you know, screaming your viewpoint, but no mm -hmm. one's going, well, let me try to understand where you're coming from,
0: Mm -hmm. and maybe we, we can reach a common understanding. Definitely. We say, who's more important, the person who's talking or the person who's listening? And inevitably, people pick different ones. But when we talk about... If somebody's talking, nobody's listening. What good does it do? Or if somebody's listening and nobody's talking, what good does that do? We need both, mm-hmm. and there's an equal, um, equal amount of, of importance in both of those positions. How big of a role Damon has
2: social media played in what's happened in our society? Huge role, <laughs> huge. How? Like because there's no filter, you there there's there's no filter and there's little accountability, you know. So, um, but we also teach. Um, we also teach empathetic and active listening, so you don't have to listen. All you have to do is react when you come to social media. Mm-hmm. So, and and when you're talking about Snapchat, you can say what you want or do what you want. And it's gone in that hour anyway. So, uh, but there's been so many conflicts and so many fights that will start on Snapchat or start on Facebook and filter into it's like gasoline. school. It, it is, and it'll spread from from what they call uh what the kids tell me that it's called they're blue blue app gangsters blue app gangsters blue app gangsters which means because the the messaging format for facebook is blue ah and so they say that they will bang on facebook Mm -hmm. and they're blue app gangsters that will translate into schools and then from schools it translates into the community all right so let's get back to these
1: centers i'm very interested about this how many schools or areas are you in where you have these rooms uh you call them safe rooms or Mm -hmm. safe Safe spaces spaces. safe spaces Mm -hmm. that people can come to and in a polite I guess, dignified way, mm-hmm. hash out their differences. Every single one. <laughs>
0: yeah, so we're in, I think, 12 different schools this semester. 12 to four, uh, yeah. In the KCMO in the district? KCMO yes, okay. or surrounding areas. Um, and so we're working with uh, about 12 different schools. Mm-hmm. And the room is not necessarily a specific room in that school, although in a few of them it is. Mm-hmm. Southeast, uh, Southeast High School has a specific room that's known as a restorative justice room mm-hmm. that is a safe space where the kids can come throughout the day, and there's two restorative justice coordinators that, that um, facilitate that. Other places, we will um, create that space mm-hmm. in a hallway if we have to, in a, in a room, in and in wherever the space is available, to, just to be able to say this is a safe space for two people. How to come long and have speak. you been doing this? We've been around for about 20 years here in the Kansas City area.
1: With these safe spaces.
0: With uh, that has come out in the last say six years or mm-hmm. so that we've been working with Kansas City School District and other school districts. Wow. So yeah. I'm sorry, I've never heard of this. We're called well, the best kept capsic- in <laughs> Kansas City, <laughs> exactly. so people don't know who we are and what we do. Wow. Mm-hmm. How do you gauge
2: your success? We actually, well, we do what's it called pre and post um, pre and post evaluations mm-hmm. with pretty much every group that we do. We do it, and that's how we tabulate the data so but
1: how many all right so last year 2018 how many school year i guess you go by a school calendar how many kids did you help in their healing process he just
2: gave that number
0: i don't remember what it was she, she did it that's um, all right if you don't i know. don't remember what that number is was. it like dozens it is, hundreds hundreds, no. hundreds hundreds um Yes, I believe it was over a thousand actually yeah, for the I think last it was over year. A number, of, uh, number of students. Yeah, that doesn't that mean everyone's
1: completely healed. And exactly. Everyone's, no. But that's a thousand that's people of that you have reached. Students. Yes. That have not turned to violence in a lot of cases.
2: And there's a lot of cases where I will. I mean, there's students that I actually have worked with in various places. Like at the Greg Center, I worked with Club KC this summer. Mm-hmm. So there are kiddos that were in Club KC that are now in Northeast and Central, and they'll come up to me, and it's like, Mr. Damon, I remember you, you was, the, uh, you was the teacher at Club KC this summer, and I used what you taught us down there during the summertime.
1: Why isn't this as big as D.A.R.E.? Because D.A.R.E., I mean, we've all been through D.A.R.E., uh, drug abuse resistance education. Mm-hmm. How about anger resistance?
0: Conflict resistance education funding is one of the biggest issues. To tell you the truth, yeah. um, we are um, unknown, so a lot of people don't know who we are and what we do, um, and we don't have the backing to be able to do that. We well, how could, are you funded? We right could now? be in three or four more schools this semester if we had the funding and the staff mm-hmm. to be able to There's do. that. There's at least There's four schools on the wait waiting list. Mm-hmm. to be able to have us come in. What do you? How much do you need for a school? Um, it depends on the types of programs. If it's just the six weeks of, of conflict resolution workshops that we do it with the students, we do a two-day training with all of the staff in the school. Uh-huh. We try to take a whole-school approach to this restorative justice um, uh, uh, matter and say we need the entire staff. Anybody that has contact with those students needs to be able to know how to, how to do mm-hmm. this and where to send these people. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a restorative justice coordinator in those schools um, so that one of us is there or several of us are there d- throughout the day, working with the teachers, working with the students, to be able to create these spaces to be mm-hmm. able to create this this yeah, you environment can't just waltz in and say hey we're setting this up you got to create relationships exactly. it's, it's about building relationships about building community and about trust. changing the culture and the climate That's of that key. environment mm-hmm. so that there is a place where they trust mm-hmm. us and trust others to be able to say hey we can go here and resolve this instead of doing what we normally do
1: mm-hmm. what does that cost per school any it,
0: idea? it it can vary Agreed. from um, several thousand dollars to to quite a bit depending well, I'm upon trying to get you some money here so, got it <laughs> I may so, go fundraise for you so so some of the schools spend as much as, as thirty thousand dollars in each school depending upon which um, uh, services they offer and how many um, How many people they want in that school? A corporate sponsor step in and sponsor a school. We would love to have corporate sponsors to be able to come in and and step into that. We just had our fundraising event last Thursday. Um, Gene Peters Baker was the guest speaker. We had about 300 people there um, and raised some funds there, but we didn't quite meet our goal for that. We were trying to raise $60,000. So um, that would help get uh, another person or two in the schools. And to be able to um, expand our services to meet those three or four schools that are waiting. Mm-hmm.
1: Are kids now—how h- many years have you done this again, you told me? About uh, six, six or yeah. so in different Do you schools, have kids' schools? stories of mm. them learning this and then maybe going back to their families and say, hey, we don't have to live this way. There's a different way.
2: hmm Plenty.
0: There— uh, t- Wow. Teaching this. the parents almost. so Yeah. One kind of the thing. things we do is oftentimes we find what happens in the school spills over to the, to the community or mm-hmm. what happens in the community comes into the schools. Mm-hmm. So inevitably we have done mediations that have involved four, five, six families mm-hmm. where the parents and the students are all involved, where we'll meet with each one individually and then bring them together in a process to be able to resolve this. We've had some really good results um, being able to, to change what's going on in the neighborhood because mm-hmm. of what went on in the schools mm-hmm. and these people coming together to be able to talk about those. Because these kids really
2: want to lead. Mm-hmm. They want to lead, which is why they tend to be, at times, so aggressive. That's the leadership uh, attribute within them.
1: And if they can lead by creating a positive venue or an atmosphere where there isn't a exchange of ideas and empathy built mm-hmm. then that's leadership
2: and if but if they if all they have in their toolbox is a hammer then they think everything is a nail mm-hmm. so we give them more tools so let me show you let me show you that you can also be a screwdriver you can also be a saw you have all these different
0: tools to where you're just not trying to beat everything down. And to that point, um, we offer not just school services, but we're also working in the community. We work with the prosecutor's mm-hmm. office on the mm-hmm. municipal level and Gene and Petersbaker, the, the Jackson County prosecutor's office, to divert cases, mm-hmm. criminal cases, out of those offices um, into our office to do this restorative justice process.
1: So the judge will say, hey, I'm going to not send you to jail, mm-hmm.
0: or we can defer the charges if you go through this program. A like diversionary diversion program, process, A diversion yes. program, and it usually starts with the prosecutor before they yeah. get to the court situation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but they send them to our office. We'll bring the person who's caused the harm and the person who has been harmed together with members of the community who've been trained in this process to be able to figure out a solution. How do we repair the harm? What harm's been done, not what law has been broken, but what harm has been done what do you need to be able to, f- to, to repair that harm? And then whose obligation is it to do that? If we write up an agreement and they come to an agreement, write that up, and it's fulfilled, those charges are dropped. Mm-hmm. So we have people in schools that have been charged with felonies that are going through this process. Mm-hmm. We have members of the community that are charged with felonies and misdemeanors that are going through this process to divert them out of that. Why isn't the combat tax money going to fund this? So combat does, is one of our funders. So. Combat does some, uh, some of our funding. Mm-hmm. We're in a hot spot in Raytown doing some mm-hmm. Raytown work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been down south in the, in the Ruskin Heights area is another mm-hmm. hot spot. And northeast is one of those that we've, we've worked with. Combat also funds uh, our prison programs that we do. So we work with people at KCRC, the West mm-hmm. Bottoms. Um, as well as people on reentry in reentry services, um, to be able to make their transition back into the community. Ninety-five percent of the people in prison are going to get out one day. Um, we are trying to make that transition so that they can come back into the community and learn new lifestyles, so that they don't have to go back.
1: What, Greg? What
0: got you interested in this? Um, Found out about restorative justice when I was uh, about 15 years ago. Um, Found out uh, more about Howard Zare, who is the grandfather of restorative justice. Um, Went out to uh, the university in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and got a master's degree in restorative justice. Just to be able to see how lives can change because of this process. Instead of keeping people apart, as the criminal justice system does and says, don't talk to each other, stay apart, stay apart. We can't afford mm-hmm. to have you come together. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Restorative justice says the opposite. It says, let's bring these people together when and where possible to be able to heal from that. Um, instead of justice equal punishment, in the criminal justice system, in restorative processes, justice equals healing. If people are healed, they have the they don't have the mm-hmm. need to hurt anybody else again.
1: This is a second career for you, or what?
0: Um, a continuation, continuation, I suppose, What did you do before this? Careers. I've uh, worked for a college. I've, I've worked mm-hmm. for a travel agency uh, in the travel industry. Uh, but you just have a heart things. for this. I have a heart tell. for this because of, of the results and because of the way it changes people's lives. How about you, Damon?
2: How would you get started? <laughs> Strangely enough, Greg's the first <laughs> one that, talk, that uh, piqued my interest in regards to restorative justice. So I first heard about restorative justice from Greg, Uh, From there, it's just a a desire and a need to give back to my community. Like, I, I know that I have something to give and I can associate and identify with some of these young men and young women in the inner city and what they're going through mentally. And because I believe that I can help, that really drove me to to. Pursue the profession. Were you rate. a hothead at one time? I was really a hothead. one <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, I was. I was a hothead. I tell the kids all the time, do not let the tie and the button up fool you. I, I, I had to, I had to reverse my thinking and reframe the way that I think in order to become the man that I am now. I
1: think everyone has that ability.
2: Mm-hmm. To absolutely has that Definitely. ability. Every yeah. single one. That's why there's no. I don't. I don't ever see uh, a lost child. Never.
1: How many lives do you think you guys have saved in six years?
2: Countless. I know I know for a fact myself and my colleagues have stopped gang wars that could have gotten really violent at at schools. Mm-hmm. I, I know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. So have you lost <sighs>
1: someone who's been through the program that ends up a victim, a fatal victim?
0: Somebody that took one of our anger management classes. Um he had just completed that anger management class, was doing, taking the steps to change his life around, and had been out of the game, gang life, um, was killed two weeks after he got done. Mm-hmm. He was one of our hundred wow. numbers. Um, so, yes, it, it reaches home.
1: If someone's listening, and I hope a lot of people are to this because this is a very important topic, how do they help?
0: They can do a number of things. They can come and volunteer at the at the center, mm-hmm. find out a little bit more about us, and see where their skills and and where you uh, you're down Paceo, 60, 60, in 62, 63rd, right. at Paseo Second and Paseo sixty two eighty five mm-hmm. Paseo. Um, Another thing they can do is come take some of our classes. We have some free trainings on Neighborhood Accountability Boards, that process with the the diversion program. We also have some paid uh, trainings about how to be a certified mediator in Missouri, about um, what restorative justice is, about these circle processes, um, about trauma, how it affects our lives, any of those kinds of classes. They can call the center for more information, and that's 816-461-8255. Just get involved. Um, Give us a call and see how we can plug you in. Damon, how can folks help you? If you are a corporation that cares
2: about the community, if you are a corporation that um, wants to give back, then if you want to sponsor a fundraiser, if you want to donate to the Center for Conflict Resolution, you're not necessarily donating to the Center for Conflict Resolution. You're donating to Kansas City. You're donating to the kids that you don't want to grow up and become a negative statistic. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. positive statistics and negative statistics. We're trying to get these kids to not become a negative statistic, but we need funding.
0: You can sponsor one of the schools that's on the waiting list to be able to have these skills. And Mm -hmm. is that on your website? Um, some of that is yes and they can their contact information they'd be able to reach out to us mm-hmm. so
1: that's ccrkc.org yes, that's so. ccrkc.org mm-hmm. yep. god bless you too for the work you're doing I know we met a couple of weeks ago, and we've been trying to do this podcast. I had no idea the work that
0: you guys are doing. It just hadn't been publicized. We'd love to have you come out and see one of our school sessions or come out to the prison or come out to the Greg Kly Center and uh, see what else we do. I think the kids at any
2: of the schools that I'm in would, would love to actually hear what goes on here. Really? Oh, absolutely. Well,
1: maybe I'll come out and bring a little video. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Damon Cox and Greg Winship, thank you for getting comfortable with Mark Alford. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm comfortable talking to Mark Alford. He don't make me
2: feel I got to kneel at a dark altar. His colleagues are cool. Things are jolly and smooth. Anything else, it'll be part stupid and part awkward. Do your homework before you talk to a vet. That way you won't get no static coming from tech. I'm on my own planet. I'm in my
0: zone, dammit. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.